Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast is sponsored by Babydoe, a dedicated pregnancy support brand providing only the best products with the biggest benefits for you and your baby. From birthing balls to pregnancy support belts, they help pregnant ladies relieve those dreaded aches and pains. Visit them today at www.babygo.uk and get a whole 10% off this Christmas using my code CLUELESS10 on checkout. I'm Nadia Essex. I'm best known for giving out dating advice to celebrities. And when it comes to dating relationships, I know my stuff. However, life has thrown me the ultimate curveball. I'm pregnant and I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Now, instead of dishing out the advice, darlings, I need your help. So whether you're a mum-to-be like me or already super mum of the year, we are all in this together. Welcome to the Clueless Mum Podcast. Welcome, my darlings, the Clueless Mum finale. Can you believe it? This is the very last episode of the Clueless Mum Podcast Series 1. I mean... It blows my mind just we're here. How quickly has this time gone? Um, So let's get straight into it. Life update, darlings. Last week, obviously, I was a little scared. I don't know if you could hear through the cold, but I was referred for an emergency scan because my bump was measuring so large. And I went for the scan and I'm so pleased to say that everything was perfect baby size is perfect, baby measurements are perfect, she said that if I, the things they look for in diabetes is extra fluid around the baby, no extra fluid, they they look for the baby's tummy size as well, because gestational diabetes, apparently the baby's tummy is, that measurement's important, perfectly fine. The baby is weighing a very healthy two pounds and ten ounces already. And it was just brilliant. And not only did it obviously put my mind at rest because I was shitting my pants. I'm not going to lie. I was really scared. You know, you, anyone that has listened to this podcast knows that I have been kind of left. I haven't had many midwife appointments. I haven't had that much support and help. And after 20 weeks... I didn't see anybody again, so it was scary. So firstly, the the relief that, okay, we're good, and I'm good, and the baby's good, was phenomenal. But secondly, I saw the baby, and the baby, it was not a 4D scan, it was just a normal scan, but the baby at 28 weeks is so much more not evolved is evolved the right word developed so much more developed so there's just so much more so I got to see him and he was just wonderful 
And so all of my reservations about having a 4D scan and seeing the picture and being like, ew, or not bonding or not feeling good about the picture completely melted away. I was, I'm smiling talking about it. Like it was wonderful. And so it was a really positive experience and I'm really lucky and I'm so grateful and I love this bloody country because the NHS have given me that and I have never, I think this week's probably been my most enjoyable week of being pregnant because of those things. One, I had the scan and we're all good and two, I got to bring home some really advanced pictures of my baby that just filled me with joy and I've just been on a bit of a high ever since really so very very thankful to everyone at the NHS because you know it's really thanks to them what the sonographer is it a sonographer the scanographer the wifey that does the scan she did say that baby is breech now I'm only 28 weeks so that isn't an issue but I do have to join what is commonly referred to as the breech club not sure it's a club I want to be part of, but hey-ho, going to go with it. And so I have to, in January, go and see, go to the hospital and be monitored, I think. I didn't really tell me much information about it, actually. So I'm kind of just assuming all of this information. I think you go and I think you'd be monitored. And obviously, they want to see the baby start turning. I don't know if the baby turns, like, in one go or if he turns like a clock, like quarter, like quarter. So like one day he'll be right way up and then he'll be lying on his side and then the next day he'll be head down. I'm not sure how it works. So if you could tell me anyone that's had a breech baby, does that happen? Am I being stupid? I don't know. (laughs) That's what I imagine in my head, that he turns slowly like a timer. It's not just done in one go. But I'm not sure, so please come on my Instagram and let me know if that's the case. And I don't know what to expect for Breach Club. I'm assuming a bunch of really pregnant women, quite uncomfortable, because the baby's head's like right at the top. So, again, not sure what to expect. So, it's not really much of an update, actually, because I didn't really... I was so relieved that the baby was fine. I didn't ask much questions about Breach Club. So, come and tell me all about your experiences, please. But as it stands, baby is breech. But I do have actually my baby go bouncing ball, pregnancy ball, the blow up thingy that you can get. And apparently if I start sort of like sitting on that, that can help encourage the baby to turn around. I think. (laughs) I feel like I'm giving you such crap information. But I think that's what happens. But Baby Go is one of our sponsors, so check them out before you do anything. It's all on their Instagram, I'm sure. I'm going to go and check it myself. But I'm going to blow up this ball this weekend, and I'm going to start sitting on it, because apparently it's really good for posture as well. And it's a birthing ball. So I think there's lots of uses for it, but check out Baby Go, because their ball is something that will help if you have a breech baby. So the contrast in between sort of last week and this week has been amazing. And I think that kind of sums up a lot of my pregnancy, the the sort of contrast. Last week was very, very difficult mentally and emotionally. And I found it quite tough because it was the first time that I had really been scared with reason 
before all the times that I've been worried about my pregnancy or been scared or anxious about my pregnancy, it's just me and my brain sort of working overtime. Whereas this time around, it was the actual midwife that was like, yeah, Houston, we may have a problem. And so I had reason to be scared. And then in contrast, this week, you know, when you get those kind of thumbs up and all clear as it were, it's just been amazing. And I've just had a really wonderful week of just really enjoying the pregnancy. I have definitely bonded more with my baby this week than I think I have in previous weeks. And I genuinely think it's because of that scan. And I don't, it's, yeah, it just, it's wonderful. I got to see him sort of in action and I got to see his little lips and I got to see his little nose and I got to see his little Wilbert because don't forget I didn't see his gender because I had my gender reveal so that was the first time I actually got to see you know his private parts even though they're not private because I'm talking about them but you get what I mean and it was just it the whole thing was just a magical wonderful experience This podcast is sponsored by Parent Chum, the hub for everything parenthood. Parent Chum provides an online destination where parents can go to get support, make new friends, and join a community of mums and dads. Parent Chum is the place to openly express how you feel. You can watch a video, read a blog from an everyday parent, watch a free webinar, get support from experts, be part of an empowering forum, and so much more. Go check them out on social media, and if you've got a question for them, remember to use the hashtag HeyChummy. Okay, now I want to talk about something highly controversial, and that is Santa Claus. I have a really big problem with the thought that I have to lie to my child deeply and often about Santa and Father Christmas. I find it really, really strange that we as a society have become so kind of, I don't want to use the word brainwash because it implies people don't have brains because you all absolutely do, but we've become so deep in the, in the lie of Santa that now when your children ask you, is Santa real? You many many people say yes of course and people are creating like intricate videos and lies about Santa to their children and I just find the whole thing really strange I spent this week with my therapist talking about this exact subject because I I just don't feel comfortable as a parent telling my child that lying is wrong and that telling the truth is always the best thing to do. And then for what, eight, nine, ten years, lying every single year to my child about something really important. And everybody I've spoken to remembers specifically the time that they knew that they found out the Santa wasn't real. Everybody remembers that. And everybody remembers the circumstances and the story around it. Now, I don't remember much when I was eight years old but I remember finding out the Santa wasn't real and I was heartbroken that is a trauma (laughs) if you remember 37 years old 
Something that happened when you were eight because it was so traumatic and you felt so let down by everybody around you, parents, society, Santa, the elves, nobody told you that it wasn't real. That's a trauma. And that is a trauma that I don't want to put my child through. I absolutely, you know, it's not about poo-pooing Christmas. That's not the point. But, you know, uh, there's. we went on a Santa trip with my brother last weekend and the Santa was like, have you got your Santa cam up? There's actually like CCTV cameras called Santa cams that people put up in their houses and it's a fake CCTV camera where basically it's a li- they say it's a live feed and Santa's watching their children and their children have to be good or they don't get presents. That is one of the most screwed up things I think I've ever heard. <laughs> like, can you imagine trying to compute that as a child? That like you're encouraging, first of all, the big brother state, you know, that CCTV in people's houses and some strange man in another land watching over you is normal and acceptable. It's not. And second of all, that your goodness is measured. And if you aren't good, then you don't get rewarded. And if anything, you get punished. And I just, again, I find that whole thing really weird because I genuinely believe kids are fundamentally good and they do good when they can. That was a TED talk I listened to a couple of weeks ago. And and I think the title was Children Do Well When They Can. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and my lovely friend, Rasan on Instagram, sent me a post of a woman called Caitlin Klimmer. So her Instagram's Caitlin.Klimmer. And she just talks about it. And I just wanted to read out what she says, because I kind of agree with it. So she says, we've all seen children play for hours caught up in fantasy that we know, and they know isn't real. Whether they are pretending to be mamas and papas, fairies and unicorns, or dragons and lions, realness and plausibility as a criteria rarely come into question. In fact, sometimes the more outlandish the fantasy, the more giggles, joy and creativity we see pour out of them. Which is why I'm confused when parents lie about Santa being real, just so their children will find the joy and magic in it. Every single day, children willingly become lost in a world of wonder and make-believe. And while we don't feel the need to step in every 15 minutes and remind them that unicorns aren't real, we also don't feel inclined to tell them that they are. Lying about Santa raises so many questions of ethics. Lying is easy enough to do when one or all of our children are young. But what happens when one is old enough to tell the truth? Do you then encourage them to lie for the sake of their younger siblings and friends? What does this teach them about lying? That it's okay to lie when everyone else is doing it? Or that it's okay if the person you're lying to has less ability to understand the truth than you do? What does this teach them about power imbalance? But most importantly, lying to a child at any age erodes trust a necessary component of the parent-child relationship. A child cannot disentangle a harmless lie from a harmful one. And what's more, some children feel shocked and upset when they realise you've been lying about Christmas. I was fuming at my parents. And I mean fuming, I couldn't believe it. It was like such a breach of trust. What you consider a harmless lie might actually be a really hurtful one. This is Caitlin's words. 
Another thing I absolutely can't get down with is this idea of being good to receive gifts. For the obvious reason that having a bad day does not make you a bad person. But also for the implicit bias it creates at a shockingly young age. People who have or get more must be more good and people with less must be bad. This is an important message to consider around the context of privilege. And I think, you know, I'm not going to bring politics into this, but when you're talking about working class people, good and bad people, rich people being bad, poor people being good, poor people being bad, rich people being good, it's it's really important that I would hate for my child to come home and, you know, think that they have been less good because they received a truck for Christmas and Sophie in play school received an iPhone you know I would really break my heart to think that my child would associate their worth and their goodness based on gifts so I really have an issue with that so I I'm going to think about it more and I'm going to work with my therapist and we're going to come up with a really wonderful way to explain Santa Claus and Christmas. One quick thing I want to cover that I also feel so strongly about. It's an absolute hard no from me. The fucking elf on the fucking shelf. What on earth is this all about? I genuinely thought it was just a fun thing. You know, you put it on social media every day. It's like a 12 days of Christmas thing. You know, you put to the elf doing weird things and you put it on social media and everyone has a laugh and it's a hashtag. I had no idea that you actually pretend to your children that the elf is real. And then they come downstairs and they see what naughty things the elf has done. And it's like, again, a tool to try and make them good and try and make them behave. It is so screwed up. It's so screwed up that... I saw a video on the Parent Chum Instagram where it was an action an action video and the elf like moved through the house. It scared the bejesus out of me. If I showed that to my child, I would expect my child to have nightmares. I don't get the elf on the shelf. I will not be doing elf on the shelf. I will not be pretending to my child that this tiny little elf is real. And while they're sleeping, is running around the house behind their backs, doing naughty things, or not even doing naughty things, just doing stuff. Like, my home is a place of safety. My home is a place where my child can feel safe. No one's coming into my home. No one is breaching our trust. Like, we are a family unit, and... Yeah, I'm just not going to lie to my child. (laughs) It's, I just, I don't understand it. And I'm sure I am going to get trolled to the hills for this one. But I don't want to poo-poo Christmas. I'm obsessed with Christmas. I love Christmas. I've been playing Christmas tunes since November. I've had a wreath on my door since the first week of November. I am Mrs. Christmas. But I just don't think you have to like threaten your kids and lie to them about Christmas um because yeah it does a lot of harm because it's traumatic when you find out Santa's not real so yeah I'm not gonna do it (laughs) if that makes me a bad mum so be it I think that makes me a wonderful mum well darlings we've come to the end of the show I feel like we need some like you know music now we're here the time is end what's that Frank Sinatra to close the final curtain. 
that one. I, I mean, obviously, the, the first thing that I need to do is say a massive thank you. Thank you to all of you for listening, obvs. Thank you to wonderful producer Martin for c- taking time to come and record this and listen to me spiel a load of shite in his ear for the last eight weeks. So thank you, my darling. I really couldn't be here without you, so I really appreciate it. Thank you for all of you that have joined my Instagram and every single one of you that has sent me a message on Instagram or commented on my post. You guys have helped me massively. I am not the same woman I was at the beginning of this podcast. Thanks to you and your advice. You have helped me become completely clueless and absolutely cacking my pants to a confident woman that feels so much more empowered about her pregnancy, so much more able to say what I want for my child, so much more confident that I'm normal. Because <laughs> I, felt, I felt extremely abnormal and isolated during my pregnancy because so much has gone down. And one million percent thanks to you, I don't feel that way. And I just feel like we've got the bestest family in the whole entire world. And I couldn't have done it without you. So just if you're listening, thank you. Because you have helped change my life and change my baby's life. Because by giving me confidence, I will be a better mum. And that is fact. So thank you want to finish off with the last bits of advice so if you're listening to this and you're early on in your pregnancy a couple of tips that I will give you hun so pay attention first tip if you have sore boobs if you are feeling nauseous throughout the day if you're feeling a level of tired that you can't explain like chronically fatigued go and take a pregnancy test even if you're on the pill even if you use condoms take a pregnancy test because It could happen to you too, my darlings. Second thing, if you find out you're pregnant from the day that you find out you're pregnant, write a diary. I didn't write a diary or keep a journal my pregnancy. This is kind of my journal, which is great because I'll have it forever to look back on. But I look back on the last 28 weeks and so much has happened. I just really wish that I'd kept like a diary or a journal so that I could sit and go through it and see... So I went through the notes in my phone and the other day I found on the 20th of August 2019, the perfect day, I'd written the perfect day. I'd seen it on Paul Brunson's Instagram. He very much advocates this kind of journaling, writing things down and imagining yourself like a year from now. And so I wrote down what would be the perfect day for me and I was reading it and I, this was when I thought I was having a girl and in the notes I had the perfect day laid out and it was with the girl with her name and it was just amazing to look back and just put me back to that place and remind me how far I've come. So even if you just keep a diary of what's happening each day, so much changes in your body, so much changes in your brain, so much changes in your life. It's really nice just to keep a journal. So yeah, get a get a diary or a journal tip number three if it's shit 
and it's hard do not beat yourself up we we are sold perfect pregnancies by movies and tv and society and some people are so lucky some people have the best pregnancy they have the most energy they feel the best they've ever felt in their entire life i haven't and didn't and that's okay it's fine you can get through it it is so so difficult but this is really you know we're designed to do this so you're cool do not worry if you're not enjoying it how you're supposed to be enjoying it I didn't and I'm still smiling and the last tip which is the most ironic one is don't listen to anybody's advice (laughs) which I'm giving you advice so it's a bit weird but don't because it's all bullshit and people give really bad advice and they don't know best you know best so go and read books go and do some research online go and have a look on instagram follow some mummy people that you admire and inspire you and just do what you think is right because ultimately if you think it's right it is right i have received so much bad advice in my pregnancy people mean well but ultimately you just got to take everything with a pinch of salt you've got this hans I'm telling you, if I can do it, believe me, you can do it too. Well, we have come to the end of the Clueless Mum series one, but do not worry, my darlings, we will be back in 2020. There is so much to look forward to. Obviously, I'm going to be giving birth. (laughs) Ouch! Um, We're definitely going to do a Clueless Mum series two, which is very exciting. And on top of that, I'm so happy to announce that the Clueless Mum is going live so i will be doing a live show in london in 2020 so keep your eyes peeled for tickets and how to get involved because we are a family now and let's meet up and chat and talk all things clueless mum live so have a wonderful christmas have a wonderful new year's be kind to yourselves Be good to yourselves, lots of self-care, and I will see you in 2020. Love you all, darlings. Thank you. Darlings, thank you for listening to the Clueless Mum podcast. Please let me know what you think by leaving a review on the Apple Podcast Store, and please subscribe because each week I'm getting closer to my due date and I'm scared. I need your support.